We're all familiar with that bone-chilling warning given by Our Lady of Fatima in July 1917 during the height of World War I. Quote, The war is going to end, but if people do not cease defending God, a worse one will break out during the reign of Pius XI. If my requests are heeded, Russia will be converted and there will be peace. If not, she will spread her errors throughout the world. Close quote. So what happened? One, men didn't cease offending God. We've all heard of the Roaring Twenties. Two, a worse war, World War II, broke out, just as Our Lady had prophesied. Three, Russia, which at the time of Our Lady's apparitions was an Eastern Orthodox country ruled by the Tsar, became an atheistic Marxist empire. And four, communist Russia began spreading her errors throughout the world. Now, if these errors are so serious that the Blessed Virgin Mary came down from heaven, warned us about them, and then performed the greatest miracle outside of gospel times in order to draw our attention to them and to confirm her warning, we ought to sit right up and pay attention. So today on the Feast of the Holy Family, let's take a few minutes to consider some of the errors of Russia, errors that affect family life right here today in our own country. We'll start with the teaching of the popes. First, we'll take a general look at the church's teaching concerning atheistic communism. Then we'll take a quick look at just how the errors of Russia spread so rapidly throughout the world. And finally, we'll take a quick survey of the principal errors pertaining to family life. In two weeks, we'll respond to those errors with the actual teaching of the church. Part one, a very general look at church teaching considering athe or concerning atheistic communism. In 1937, not quite 20 years after Our Lady appeared in Fatima, Pope Pius XI wrote the encyclical on atheistic communism, precisely to warn the faithful about Russia's errors. It's a great encyclical. Everybody that has the time, well rewarded, is spending time reading it. We'll start this investigation by hearing the teaching of the Vicar of Christ. For the sake of time, I've cut and spliced quotes. Pope Pius XI, quote, Atheistic communism aims at upsetting the social order and at undermining the very foundations of Christian civilization. For the first time in history, we are witnessing a struggle, cold-blooded in its purpose and mapped out to the least degree between man and all that is called God. Close quote. Right here, the Pope is quoting that part of St. Paul's second letter to Thessalonians. That's the section where St. Paul is referring to the Antichrist. Quote, this satanic scourge is in opposition to both reason and to divine revelation. Entire peoples find themselves in danger of falling back into a barbarism worse than that which oppressed the greater part of the world at the coming of the Redeemer. Close quote. Those are sobering words. Pius XI. See to it 
that the faithful do not allow themselves to be deceived. Communism is intrinsically wrong, and no one who would save Christian civilization may collaborate with it in any undertaking whatsoever. Those who permit themselves to be deceived into lending their aid towards the triumph of communism in their own country will be the first to fall victims to their own error. Close quote. Communism is intrinsically wrong, and no one may collaborate with it in any undertaking whatsoever. Pius XI, quote, The evil which today torments humanity can be conquered only by a worldwide crusade of prayer and penance. Implore also the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Virgin, who, having crushed the serpent's head of old, remains the sure protectress and invincible help of Christians. Close quote. All right. Before we go on, let's review. We've seen Our Lady of Fatima warn mankind that if we didn't stop offending God, Russia would spread her errors throughout the world. We've seen Pope Pius XI called communism a satanic scourge, that he taught that communism was intrinsically wrong and that men find themselves in danger of falling back into a pagan state that's even more barbaric than that at the time of our Lord. That all this evil could only be conquered by a worldwide crusade of penance and prayer and the intercession of the Blessed Virgin. Part 2. A quick look at just how the errors of Russia spread so rapidly throughout the world. Pius XI. How is it possible that such a system could spread so rapidly in all parts of the world? There is an explanation for the rapid diffusion of communistic ideas now seeping into every nation, great and small, advanced and backward, so that no corner of the earth is free from them. This explanation is to be found in a propaganda so truly diabolical that the world has perhaps never witnessed its like before. It is directed from one common center. It is shrewdly adapted to the varying conditions of diverse peoples. It has at its disposal gigantic financial resources, gigantic organizations, international congresses, countless trained workers. It makes use of pamphlets, reviews, cinema, theater and radio, schools, and even universities. Little by little it penetrates into all classes of the people and even reaches the better-minded groups of the community with the result that few are aware of the poison which increasingly pervades their minds and hearts." Close quote. The explanation is to be found in a propaganda so truly diabolical that the world has never witnessed its like before and it's directed from one common center. Pius XI, quote, Another powerful factor in the diffusion of co communism is the conspiracy of silence on the part of a large section of the non-Catholic press of the world. We say conspiracy because it is impossible to otherwise explain how a press so eager to exploit even the little daily incidents of life has been able to remain silent for so long about the horrors perpetrated in Russia and elsewhere, and that that press should have so little to say concerning a world organization as vast as Russian communism. This silence is due in part to short-sighted political policy 
and is favored by various occult forces which for a very long time have been working for the overthrow of the Christian social order. Close quote. Another powerful factor is the conspiracy of silence on the part of a large section of the non-Catholic press of the world. That was written in March of 1937. Has there been some kind of massive awakening, a major conversion of the press since then? Has there? What's the general reaction of the press over topics like contraception, abortion, other politically correct sins? What was the general reaction in the press over the passion of the Christ? And what was the Pope talking about when he speaks of the various occult forces working for the overthrow of the Christian social order? Here the Pope is referring to those archenemies of God and the Church, of whom Pope Pius VIII said, quote, Their law is untruth, their God is the devil. Close quote. Okay, so their law is untruth, their God is the devil. Great, Father, so who's that? These are the same men of whom Leo XIII wrote, quote, It is needless to put them on their trial. They are already judged. Their ends, their means, their doctrines and their action are all known with indisputable certainty. Possessed by the spirit of Satan, whose instrument they are, they burn like him with a deadly and implacable hatred of Jesus Christ and of his work, and endeavor by every means to overthrow and fetter it. Close quote. Okay, great father. So they're possessed by the spirit of Satan, and they burn like him with a deadly hatred of our Lord. So who are we talking about? On a later date, we'll take a closer look at these allies of atheistic communism, which the Pope is referring to. These are the lodges, groups like the Freemasons, the Shriners, the Oddfellows, the Illuminati, Skull and Bones. Let's review. We've seen that the errors of Russia were spread so rapidly throughout the world by means of diabolical propaganda shrewdly adapted to people in various states of life and poured out through the various mass media from one source. We've seen that the spread of these satanic lies by the communists were aided and abetted by a conspiracy of silence and non-Catholic press due to political concerns and the influences of the lodges. Part 3. A quick survey of some of the principal errors concerning family life. Now let's turn to a few of the pertinent errors of Russia that pertain to the family. In 1884, a series of errors later adopt, adopted by Russia were proposed in a work written by the co-author of the Communist Manifesto, Karl Marx's partner, Frederick Engels. This work is entitled The Origin of Family, Private Property, and the State. Here's his basic argument. Private property has caused the enslavement and oppression of women by men. Now you might wonder, how does private property cause women to be oppressed? How does that follow? Well, over the course of their lives, men have the habit of amassing private property. Okay, now they have this private property and they want to hand it on to their children. So big deal, what does the fact that men want to hand on their property, they want their children to inherit their wealth, have to do with enslavement and oppression of women? 
In the twisted logic of Engels, it has everything to do with it. See, men are more physically powerful than women, right? And they want to make sure this property goes to their children. So in order to make sure that their own kids get their inheritance, men have to use their superior strength. Why? Pay attention. It's weird. A man needs to oppress his wife in order to make sure that all her children are really his children. So that only his children will get his private property. But when the revolution is finally done away with private property, then of course women will no longer need to be oppressed because there's no longer any economic reason for it. It's completely whacked, besides which it's an outrageous insult to the dignity of women. But as a Marxist might say, it's the economy, stupid. Again, the basic argument is that a man needs to oppress his wife in order to make sure that all her children are really his children, so only his children will get his property. But when communism is done away with private property, then women will no longer be oppressed since the economic reason is gone. Okay, Father, what does all this weird theory about oppression and enslavement of women by men because of private property have to do with us? Good question. As you may have gathered by now, reading this stuff makes your head spin. But a Canadian author who waded her way through angles and summarizes eight key points. For the sake of time, we're not going to explore how each one of these flow from this basic argument, but if you put on your thinking cap, it's pretty easy to see. Okay. Now remember, these are Marxist errors. As I'm going through them, as we go through them, everybody should ask himself if he's ever heard anything like this before. These are Marxist errors, first recorded by Engels in 1884. Engels' conclusions. First, women must be allowed to work in the factories on an equal basis with men. Second, divorce must be made free and easy. Third, definite roles for the two sexes must be eliminated. Fourth, the notion of the woman as a housekeeper must be eliminated and housework must be seen as an industry. Fifth, child care must be turned over to the community, as in it takes a village to raise a child. Sixth, the stigma and even the concept of illegitimacy has to be eliminated. Seventh, the definition of family has to be made flexible and open. And eighth, sexual activity should be unrestrained. Now remember, those are Marxist errors. Just to make sure no one missed them, we'll go back through them. The basic argument is a man needs to oppress his wife in order to make sure that all her children are his children, so that only his children will get his private property. When communism is finally done away with private property, then women will no longer be oppressed, since economic forces will not attend that way. The conclusions from this argument are, first, women must be allowed to work on an equal basis in the factories with men, Second, divorce must be made free and easy. Third, the roles for the two sexes must be eliminated. Fifth, the notion of women as housekeeper has to be getting, gotten rid of. Sixth, child care has to be communalized. Sixth, the stigma and concept of illegitimacy has to be eliminated. Seventh, family definition has to be changed to be more open and flexible. And eighth, sexual activity has to be unrestrained. Does any of that sound familiar? Here in America, those particular areas of Russia generally come under the title of feminism. Our Lady of Fatima meant what she said. She's the perfect mother, and she wants to warn her children. The late great Father Hardin, an expert on Marxist philosophy, 
has a few other closely related points drawn from other Marxist sources that are worth considering. These are paraphrases. Equal rights. Marxism holds that only absolute equality between men is legitimate. Because it is atheistic, it rejects any claim that the authority of the church or the state fall from God. It denies that parents have any natural authority over their children. Marxism holds that the source and foundation of all authority is the community. In other words, no God over man, no pope, bishop or priest over the faithful, no husband over wife, no parents over children. The collapse of all hierarchies. Emancipation of women. Marxism rejects any link that binds woman to the family and the home. Women's emancipation is absolutely necessary to establish the classless society of the future. Women must be encouraged and, if necessary, forced to withdraw from the family and the care of the children. Being a housewife and a stay-at-home mom are despised anti-revolutionary bourgeois activities. Women must be liberated from household chores and the rearing of a family by establishing child care centers so that they can enter into public life and collective production under the same conditions as men. As Lenin said, quote, the success of a revolution depends upon the degree of its participation by women. Close quote. No parental rights in education. Because women must be freed from being housewives and stay-at-home moms and enter into the ranks of the workers of the world, the state assumes the total responsibility for the education and training of the children. The Communist Manifesto states, quote, free education for all children in public schools, close quote, which in Marxist terms means that the state alone has the right to educate. It also implies that the state and not the parents, has the exclusive right to determine who shall teach, what the curriculum will be, what the textbooks will be, and how these matters shall be communicated. The Communist Manifesto states, quote, centralization of the means of communication in the hands of the state, close quote. Thank you, Father Hardin. Does any of that sound familiar? Our Lady of Fatima meant what she said. She's the perfect mother she wasn't wondering what was going on in Portugal in 1917 when she came down from heaven. She came down to warn us because she wants us to know. Let's review. We've seen that Our Lady of Fatima warned mankind that if we didn't stop offending God, Russia would spread errors throughout the world. We've seen that Pope Pius XI called communism a satanic scourge. He taught that communism was intrinsically wrong and that men find themselves in danger of falling back in a pagan state even more barbaric than that at the time of our Lord. We've seen that all this evil could only be conquered by a worldwide crusade of penance and prayer and the intercession of Our Lady. The Pope explained that the errors of Russia were spread so rapidly throughout the world by means of diabolical propaganda that was shrewdly adapted to different people in their states of life and poured out through the mass media from one source. We've seen that the spread of the satanic lies by communists have been aided by short-sighted political policy and the agency especially of the lodges. We've seen that a whole series of the errors of Russia flow from Engels' basic argument that a man needs to oppress his wife 
in order to make sure that his and only his children inherit his private property. But when communism has finally established this utopian state without private property, there will be no longer oppression, no longer any impression of women. We've seen the errors which flow from that argument. Engels argued that women must be allowed to work in the factories in the same conditions as men. Divorce must be made free and easy. Definite roles for the two sexes must be eliminated. The notion of a wife as a homemaker must be eliminated. Child care must be turned over to the community. The stigma and concept of illegitimacy must be eliminated. The definition of the family must be changed to be more open. And sexual activity must be unrestrained. We've seen another era of Russia is that only absolute equality between men is permitted. We've seen that means, for example, no God over man, no Pope over the faithful. We've seen another era of Russia is that being a housewife and stay-at-home mom are despised counter-revolutionary bourgeois activities. We've seen other of Russia is that the state should take total responsibility for the education and training of children. Now it's easy to see why Father Harden used to say that America is the most successful Marxist nation on earth. Okay, we've seen the devil's plan for families. In two weeks, we'll see heaven's plan for having holy families. Let's close with some thoughts from the last living Fatima visionary, Sister Lucy. Quote, it is indeed sad that so many of them, so many are allowing themselves to be dominated by the diabolical wave that is sweeping the world, and they are so blind that they cannot see their error. But their principal error is that they have abandoned prayer. I'm convinced that the principal cause of evil in the world is lack of union with God in prayer. The devil is very smart and watches for our weak points so that he can attack us. If we are not careful and attentive in obtaining the strength from God, we will fall because our times are very bad and we are weak. Only God's strength can sustain us. Take everything with calmness and with great confidence in God. He will do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. He will supply for our insufficiencies. Close quote, Sister Lucy. The principal cause of evil in the world is lack of union with God in prayer. Say your rosary. Say your three Hail Marys. Make a fervent thanksgiving after you go to Holy Communion. And take everything with calmness and great confidence in God. He will do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. He will supply for our insufficiencies.